I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Remind me to tell the story of me having free cable later this hour. Maybe next segment. Um, the more you I think about stolen it. stolen cable. Right. The more I think about it, the, the, the more troubled I am by it, by it. And part of that is having kids. When you have kids... You gotta, you gotta take a look at the way you're living your life now. You gotta think about the way you're living life before. I tell my kids not to steal. I, t- I regularly say to my kids, I've never stolen anything in my life, which is true of like grabbing an object. Mm-hmm. But I didn't knowingly have free cable for a while. I tapped into my neighbor's cable once for a couple of years, I believe, and I've never spent a single second thinking about it, <laughs> and never will. <laughs> <laughs> So there. So while I'm roiled with <laughs> angst. It was great. <laughs> Tell you what, if you can get that going, do it. Because that was back in the day before targeted addressed boxes and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny f- f- how you can get fudgy with your morals, and that's something to watch out for. Mm, um, fudgy morals. <laughs> Anyway, I'll talk about that later. Oh, boy. Um, This is really interesting, and what a contrast. The United States and China are on a collision course for a military conflict. It's just, it's the history of the world. It's practically as guaranteed as the sun rising in the east. It's just a matter of when. If you had a time machine, went 100 years and said, nope, it never happens, my jaw would drop. I would be astonished. Yeah. So uh, let's compare and contrast the two countries and their current attitudes with their uh, their military men. Some of it's wrong. China proposes teaching masculinity to boys. The state is alarmed by changing gender role gender roles. Um, 
Let me jump down to here. Uh, they they talk about a particular kid in school who other kids made fun of his high pitched voice and the way he screamed when he tried to maintain discipline among his fellow students as a class monitor. Others teased him for spending so much time with girls and said he acted like he was trying to date the other boys in the class. The bullying eventually I think stopped. We, we got a we got a gay fellow there, right? And I don't like making fun of this kid at all. That's not my oh, point. No. That that's a good no. thing. The yeah. bullying eventually stopped, but a recent announcement by the government. That singles out boys who don't fit traditional Chinese ideas of masculinity has revived the painful memories. The plan to encourage masculinity in male students has inflamed a debate over modern gender roles as China's government increasingly emphasizes what many consider to be outdated and damaging stereotypes. Well, in the rest of the world, they don't care about it in China much. Um, they are uh, in the midst of a... Remasculinizing boys campaign all across the country and particularly targeted their their military. They feel like their young men and and particularly the men of the military have become too girly Mm, and they're going to do all kinds of things that we would not approve of in the United States, some of which I would never approve of. But some of some of the things we're doing in the United States, I think, are going too far anyway. So compare and contrast that where they're super concerned with making sure everybody's masculine and like and uh and and really weeding out anybody who's not masculine enough from their military from uh, what Joe Biden said the other day some of it's relatively uh, straightforward work where we're making good progress designing body armor that fits women properly tailoring combat uniforms for women creating maternity flight suits and updating Updating requirements for their hairstyles. So we've wow. got our commander in chief talking about making sure that the, the the picture they keep using is some sort of uniform that works for when you're pregnant and will continue to fit and all that sort of stuff. And that is all really nice and inclusive and all that. But uh, is that necessarily the best way to have the best fighting force on Earth that's going to go up against a country that doesn't give a crap about whether or not it's inclusive or fair? or a forward-thinking or progressive or anything like that. And if you there get your was... ass whipped, by the way, if you get your ass whipped by the country that doesn't care about being progressive and fair, none of this matters. But because it was then you whipped have to do... inclusively. Because then you have to do what they want all the time, and it ain't going to include any of the good stuff. Does that make sense to people? There was a whistleblower who corresponded with us back when, and I'm going to be kind of vague at their request, uh, when, when a certain fighting force that, uh, are few and proud were attempting to integrate more women into their combat, uh, groups. Uh, and it became infinitely clear to this officer who was uh, helping implement the demanded changes by Congress that the Congress people who were handing down the orders to the military leaders were absolutely looking at the military as A, a social experiment and B, a jobs program and had almost zero appreciation of uh, that force as a fighting force. To the extent that they were aware of it or appreciated it at all, it was an afterthought. It was third or fourth priority. And I've heard from guys that were in the military, and not the kind of guys who would have a problem with any woman who could pull their weight being in their group, I don't think. Saying that, there were a couple of slots that they would give to women in these, you know, very physical, being vague here, uh, in these very physical um, uh, situations, 
uh, they would give a couple of slots to women that the next best guy would have been much better for. Could have done a much better job, but they needed to yeah. fill a certain number of slots because the people higher up in the military realize that's the direction the wind is blowing, and they got to serve their boss, who's got to serve their boss, who's got to serve Congress. Um, meanwhile, in China, they're adding more physical fitness classes to all their schooling and uh, really emphasizing more masculinity and all that sort of thing. And while a lot of the Western world is aghast and horrified by that, again, at some point you're going to have a war and the fighting force that wins gets to dictate the terms for the other side that loses, whether you like it or not. Does Again, does everybody understand that? So Nancy Pelosi will stand there in the halls of the Communist Party of China demanding more women in combat battalions, and she will be placed in a gulag for her trouble. Or our commander-in-chief will continue to give speeches about haircuts and having uniforms that fit pregnant women and all these different kinds of things. And, wow, isn't that fantastic? But come on in, China. If all that is happening and we're still the best fighting force, I'm fine with that. But I just, I just worry, you know, how much of the emphasis is on that. So Tucker Carlson has gotten in some real trouble with the Pentagon for talking about this on his show. I saw they were featuring him on the Today Show. This is a little free, a bit from uh, ABC, I believe. Fox News host Tucker Carlson overnight doubling down on his monologue from earlier this week, insulting pregnant women who serve in the military. So we've got new hairstyles and maternity flight suits. Pregnant women are going to fight our wars. It's a mockery of the U.S. military. Carlson terminating his tirade with an anti-trans dig. While China's military becomes more masculine as it's assembled the world's largest navy, our military needs to become, as Joe Biden says, more feminine. Whatever feminine means anymore, since men and women no longer exist. The moment met with outrage across the military. Drama TV. Including from Pentagon spokesperson John Kirby. What we absolutely won't do is take personnel advice from a talk show host or the Chinese military. What a load of crap, top to bottom, front to back. Tucker, don't spend a single second thinking about that. No. What a load of crap. That was from today's Today Show. So, like I said, I know for a fact that there are instances where females have gotten a job in 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 very physical positions because they need to have a certain number of women, that they would have been stronger if they had men. The... People higher ups in the military are under a lot of political pressure to go along with the prevailing notions of inclusiveness and everything like that. So they mm-hmm. do it. They, 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 you know, they can read the papers. They can, they can, they, they see, they don't need a weather vane to know which way the wind blows. They understand that that's a priority, uh, in America right now. So they go along with it. That's, I think that's horrifying. I think that's frightening as hell while China's going the other direction. And at some point, it's not going to matter how inclusive you are. Or how fair you are. It's just whether can your military beat that other military. Right. Right. Or if we lose 50,000 soldiers instead of the 20,000 it could have been because we had put inclusiveness ahead of uh, readiness and, and effectiveness. And and by the way, a lot of those dead people are going to be young women, too, and that will be absolutely tragic. And just for the record, if, if you're new to the show or you don't know us, if, if there is a role within the military that a woman's uh, suited for in particular, then I don't care if our military is 77% no, women. I don't care if it's all women. It doesn't make any difference no, to me. Not. I just want the best person for the job. But we've we've got to have... And we've talked about the, 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 the that Lowell High School that used to be all about having the best high school students in America. And now Lowell they just, High School in the San Francisco Bay Area, yeah. That they've yeah. decided to be something else. We've got to have some areas of society where all we care about is having the best. 
We just have to. And the military has to be that. We need to have some schools like that where we just all we care about is the best. And yeah. I, 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 equal opportunity for everybody. I couldn't be more in favor of that. But we have to have these, particularly the military. I've always said that we got to have this one thing, the military, where all we care about, if you have a 100 people try out, take the 10 best. I don't care what their color is, age, gender, anything. Because we just, because we're going to be up against it someday. It's just a matter of time. If you get a chance, seek out some of the things Jordan Peterson has done on hierarchies. <clears throat> They're just terrific. He talks about how hierarchies, excellence, judging by excellence is critical for any society that's going to be successful. Then he points out that we also need guardians, uh, call them liberals, lefties, the soft-hearted, whatever. Um, it's, it's critical to have them to make sure that those at the top of the hierarchy don't twist the game to, to make sure you know nobody else can climb up that ladder. We have to have the entry to the ladder be open and fair, and he's absolutely right. But the absolutely, idea because that, that would hierarchies be... in and of themselves are evil is evil. No, if you if you rig the game for certain groups, either the rich in our elite universities, or you know by color, if you're racist or whatever, then it's the same problem. You're still not getting to my goal of having the best. I just right. want to have the best. And there... while China is spending all their time on trying to make sure they've got the toughest, smartest, best in their military, we got to keep up with that. And Tucker pointing that out has become a a lightning rod. Well, we ought to replay that clip because the the nice news lady there goes to so much trouble to phrase everything as prejudicially as she possibly can. Now, some good yellow journalism, which is an old expression, has nothing to do with race. And uh, they also showed a picture of Tucker in a silk shirt unbuttoned to the waist at some point in that what? segment. And uh, I'll try to figure out what that was all about. I don't know what that was. I don't know. I know what his that... bow tied period, but not the uh, <laughs> not the Barry Gibb period. Anyway, uh, any thoughts on any of that? Text line four one five two nine five KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Carlson, defiant in the face of criticism. Since when does the Pentagon declare war on a domestic news operation? But advocates, like the liberal group Vote Vets, out with a new ad, hoping they get the last word. This is the U.S. military. The men and women who defend your freedom. Something a prep school boy like you will never understand. Nah. So then they show the picture of him in his uh, silk shirt that somehow I don't quite get the connection of. Um, I don't think Tucker Carlson's making the argument that a bunch of Tucker Carlson should have fought our wars. Uh, Most media battles are idiotic. They are, but I am concerned that we care way too much about diversity, inclusiveness in our military, and China does not care about it at all. And uh, and eventually we're going to be head to head on this sort of stuff. So China has got this new thing, the proposal to prevent the feminization of male adolescents going on in their schools to fully reform their offerings on physical education and strengthen the recruitment of teachers. They're going to recruit retired athletes and people from sporting backgrounds to teach at schools, vigorously developing uh Strong young men and more masculinity in their schools. Somebody, the Chinese hard ass program or exactly. chap. 
So somebody texted that it comes out of when their soldiers got into fist fights on the border with Indian soldiers, their soldiers got their asses kicked. Really? I don't know this. And she got all worried about that, and so now is really pushing for more masculine young men. Thinks they've gotten too soft. Right. I don't know whether that's true or not, but that's pretty interesting. Anywho, uh, I was going to talk about my uh, moral conundrum over having stolen cable. Now, Joe says he stole cable and is not concerned about it. Not in the least. Do you not consider that uh, stealing? Or is it just just a different category? Or I would have to think about it. I'm not thinking about it. <laughs> I've never thought about okay, it. So here's what you're going to like this story, Sean. This is what happened to me. <laughs> so we moved to uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm renting this house. I need to get my cable hooked up because this is back in the day when you had no option. Mm-hmm. Um, Got to have cable to watch TV. And this guy shows up to my house in kind of a beater little truck. And uh, he's blur- bleary-eyed and uh, late. And he says, dude, how's it going? I said, okay. He said, you want some Southern comfort? And uh, <laughs> I said, no. And he said, I got a bottle in my truck. I said, no, I'm all right. I was actually, as an alcoholic, I'd have been fine with that. It's just I was hungover at the time. It was right. morning. Um, uh, and then he says, so you need cable, huh? And I said, yeah. And he said, here's what do. If you give me $50, I'll hook up everything for you. And I, I said, like well, I, I said, how does this work? He said, you give me $50, I hook up everything. Then they track. They, you know, I need to show the office that I came here. So I'll go back in my car. I'll call your number. Don't answer. Then I'll just leave a message, and then I can tell them that you weren't home. And then you'll have it. And I said, okay. And I yeah. went and got $50. Mm-hmm. And he hooked up all the HBOs and the Cinemaxes and so everything you, like that. You paid for a service. Got it. <laughs> Where are you stealing? <laughs> right. He was stealing, not yeah. you. I can't, I can't believe how upfront he was about his like alcoholism and his, his stealing <laughs> from his company. I could hang out with this guy. And I lived there for, what, a year and a half? He uh, had a certain moral flexibility. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that story was hilarious. Actually, the drinking part is the funniest part because I assume the, and I also thought it was pretty clever. The whole "I'll call you, don't answer." That way, I can leave a message saying, "Hey, we came by your house. You weren't home. We'll have to try you another time," to cover his tracks. It's a clever ruse. I wonder. I wonder how he's doing at this point. I'm sure his life is fantastic. You know. Uh, oh yeah, I'm sure he's running that company. <laughs> <laughs> what would you assume? He made, uh, if he was just a legit cable installer, what do you think he pulled home in a day? I have no idea. In, in that time frame. I'm wondering, I'm wondering how much, by what percentage he increased his pay by, by doing what he did. Probably quite a bit. Oh, he probably doubled it or more. I mean, if right. he got six people that day, you know, made $300 cash in addition to the ones he hooked up well, for his it, actual wage. Would it just take, was he making 50 bucks a day? Did he double his salary just by doing one of those each day? I have no idea. I don't know how much he spent on Southern Comfort either. So <laughs> his Southern Comfort bill might have been pretty high. I got a bottle under the seat in the truck. Okay, good. (laughs) Even if you're an alcoholic thief, get a better drink of choice. Yuck. Armstrong and Getty. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. 
As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. If we do all this, if we do our part, if we do this together, by July the 4th, there's a good chance you, your families and friends, will be able to get together in your backyard or in your neighborhood and have a cookout and a barbecue and celebrate Independence Day. That doesn't mean large events with lots of people together, but it does mean small groups will be able to get together. After this long, hard year, that will make this Independence Day something truly special, where we not only mark our independence as a nation, but we begin to mark our independence from this virus. Um, hey, great-grandpa. I ate in a crowded restaurant two weeks ago. I've been having little gatherings in my backyard all along, haven't stopped, and won't. July 4th, we can invite a handful of friends over to our backyard? Are you out of your freaking mind? What is he talking about? What reality is that? I'll be at the park this afternoon with my son, and it'll be packed full of people running around with dogs and frisbee and basketball and all this sort of stuff. I wonder if he actually thinks, and he might, because... Because of his age and being the president, he's been really sheltered. He only kind of knows what he reads or sees through the TV. Is he under, under the impression that we're not doing this stuff? That the parks are I... empty? That the park the park near me is not going to be packed full of people and dogs and kids and frisbees right. and basketballs this afternoon? Does he think and that's not happening? That 
We're going to hold off on getting together with a few friends outdoors until July the 4th. The Texas Rangers are going to have a full stadium in two weeks, but I can't have three people over to my house until July 4th. That's just Looney Tunes. And, you know, that part is just weird. I don't get it. And it's continuing to stoke the fear of people, a lot of people who shouldn't be afraid. The stuff in the president's speech last night, his first primetime address, the stuff about the schools made me angry. And, you know, I want to touch on it briefly. I know we've been hitting it kind of hard, but, boy, have we gotten some uh, some great emails lately. Oh, this one's kind of on the speech in general, but Kevin says, here's Biden's speech in one sentence. Thanks to my administration, if you work hard and don't get complacent, I will allow you to do what Florida has been doing for the past six months. <laughs> That's pretty good. <clears throat> yeah, it really is. Well, I used the Uh-oh. example earlier of how to, how to touch the gover- government is with the regular people or, or how we're just so over it when they announced the end of the stay at home order in California, everybody I know reacted the same way as me was we were under a stay at home order. <laughs> Nobody even remembered that they had done that. Right. Yeah. That's funny. Nobody mentioned it yesterday at the golf course or at the park or at the store or all the places I was with you humans. You weren't supposed to leave your home unless you're going to work or the hospital or something like that. I don't know. I didn't do anything. I didn't change my life any. Kevin goes on to say, it's incredible how low the Biden administration can set the bar. It's a tragedy. The media let them get away with it. The administration races to the front of the parade on vaccines, takes credit for the downturn in COVID as if it was something they caused, then sets such easily achievable goals that they're assured of a mission accomplished celebration in a few months. But enough of that. On to the anger. I want to read you a couple of things. Uh, first of all, this is uh, from Al Anonymous, who says, I've got to be anonymous or I will be fired and my career is over. Wow. I used to believe that my profession, teaching, was about something bigger than myself. But in this past year, for maybe longer, it's made me doubt that we are the selfless, underpaid, underrespected icons of virtue that we so like to tout. At a time we could have stepped forward and been the selfless heroes of society, we've on the whole shown cowardice instead. Now, I'm not talking about the teacher with serious medical conditions. I'm talking about the 20, 30, and 40-somethings among us who are not in danger. And then he goes on to what is plainly true, um, that it's a bargaining chip. It's leverage to get more of what the teachers' unions want. Obviously. And then he goes into this, and this is a bit of an aside. Do I have time for this? It's so good. I want to. Yeah. Um, his district is trying to hire a new superintendent. They assembled a committee of stakeholders, including teachers and administrators, to assist in the process and criteria. And, and they surveyed people on the areas of focus. How do we rank the areas of focus to pick a new superintendent? And, and he has the link, but he says, take a look at what the teachers and administrators said was the number one area they wanted the new superintendent to focus on. Number one, equity. Even more striking and inexplicable is that for teachers, student achievement was number four. That's right, fourth. Not first, not second, not even a dismal third. Students achieving in the district was their fourth priority. I'm brokenhearted for the profession that I love, and he goes on in eloquent fashion, but for time I'll edit. Then this is uh, another Al Anonymous. Found out yesterday one of my cousins took her own life. She was 12 years old. Suicide way up in children, eating disorders way up in children, depression, anxiety, if only the schools were open, and we all know the schools should be open, could be open. Here's uh, 
Uh, Dave, the teacher, his oldest son, was a thriving, happy high school sophomore and is now on the ropes, even though his school should be open. Here's a compilation statistics about uh, youth death from COVID versus car wrecks. Um, and it's obvi- it's many, many, many times more dangerous to drive your kid to school than to have them in school during COVID. It's just absolutely wow. clear. And think of all the crazes that we've talked about over the years that were really a nothing. That would be talk radio topic for a while. You know, Tide Pods or vaping or whatever the hell that was the danger for your kid. Right. That, that the, would be this a, or that challenge. The, or... Or just just whatever the topic, you know, what was going to ruin kids or kill them. Right. So many different things over the 20 years we've been doing talk radio. So many different things. And, um, you know, backpacks are too heavy and you know, just all kinds of different things. This one, there's so much statistical information out there to show that it's deadly and mental health issues and everything like that. And you just can't you can't budge people on it for some reason. No, no, it's because Trump said open the schools, the teachers unions said don't, and so nobody's looking at the deaths of the poor children. And then you got Joe Biden in his stirring speech last night, clip number 16. And my announcement last month of a plan to vaccinate teachers and school staff, including bus drivers, we can accelerate massive nationwide effort to reopen our schools safely. And meet my goal that I stated at the same time, about 100 million shots, of opening a majority of K-8 through schools in my first 100 days in office. Yeah, that, that was the part of the speech that, um, when I heard it, I was angry. And, it, and today, I'm just, it just makes me sad. It's just sad that that's, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't know who to blame, the media. I don't even actually think Joe Biden knows. I really don't. And... So he's got a brave new plan to someday maybe open the schools after everybody's inoculated, even though his own CDC said months ago, open them right now. There's no, have, there's, no, there's no reason for the school to not be open, and him crowing about meeting his goal when there's no damn reason right now or a month ago why the school can't be open is just its one of the worst things that's ever happened. Worst policy failure in American history outside of and, slavery. I, and I could tell you about how in L.A. County, in San Francisco, in uh, Seattle, Portland, I had a conversation. I'm going to be very brief about this because I didn't ask her permission. It was a private conversation. But I uh, spoke to a cousin of mine briefly who is a very, very liberal person. I mean, but we've just, for many, many years, we just never talk about politics. Um, she is enraged at her local school district for not getting her kids back in school because she sees how they're suffering and she knows it's safe. The Teachers Unions of America, I believe, have committed, eventually, suicide. I think this will damage them so terribly. God, they have right. so reduced the the, the uh, view people have of teachers in general and teachers unions if people hear about it. I could tell you about San Diego schools, several San Diego uh, area school districts that opened up and the state shut them back down under pressure from the teachers union i hope you're right i don't feel like the teachers unions are going to pay any price for this i think they got i think they won they got the money they wanted they're going to get to come back when they want and ever it'll be forgotten i hope you're you know, right that, and i'm wrong well i all i can do is what i can do and i am going to go down swinging i am going to tell the truth as loudly and long as people will continue to listen and, and just do whatever truth 
related damage I can do because they have murdered thousands of American children out of greed. And I stand by those words. If ABC wants to come at me and mischaracterize what I'm saying and make it sound terrible and scary, go ahead. I'm not afraid of you. Um, uh, Important topic. Heavy, though. We got something a little less important. I'm going to give you the headline, and then I want you to think about it and explain why this would be better somehow. Baseball is testing bigger bases. What? Think about that for a second, how that will improve the game. What? We're testing bigger bases, among some other things we need to talk about with some of the other sports, and a variety of things. Why? Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't care if Monday's blue. The Texas Rangers will be the first major professional team in the U.S. to allow full capacity crowds since the pandemic began. The team says that it will allow just over 40,000 fans at its April 5th home opener at Globe Life Field. (laughs) I don't want to go back to the president's speech, but that's just so hilarious. Yeah. You gotta, in April, a baseball team is going to have a packed house, and the president was talking about you might be able to get them together with a couple people the 4th of July. What the hell? What <laughs> I universe are you living in? I, I, don't, I don't know. Anyway, um, speaking of baseball, oh, it's it's snowing in Las Vegas. So what? I think God has, I don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the end times. That's too bad. I have dinner reservations tomorrow night. The snow falls in the just and unjust alike, Joe. Wow. It's biblical. Stop and think. Baseball to test bigger bases and computer umpires. Computer umpires, I get. I understand that with just those two words. I know exactly what you're talking about. Some sure. sort of computer that figures out if it was a ball or strike or whatever. What the hell is testing bigger bases, though? Do you have any idea what that's about? Maybe so it's harder to tag a guy out. I mean, he might, instead of being within a foot of you, he, he could be three feet away. I don't know. I don't have the slightest. i got to ask my uh, buddy Brian the umpire. Uh, the, this, this description says uh, a larger base would provide more room for both the fielder and runner to have part of the bag. To I, lay down. I didn't know that that was an issue. Lay down and take a Oh, trying to prevent injuries maybe on force plays? Maybe. I don't know. But there's a bunch of new rules that they're attempting. I believe it's in one of their, uh, the Atlantic League, uh, one of their independent minor league things. They're uh, moving the the pitching mound back two feet. Um, what else? Shortening the time in between innings. Uh, Chimp outfielders. Uh, no. Uh, oh, each pitcher <laughs> must face a minimum of three batters. Oh. Chimp infielders? That's that's an interesting one. You got to face three batters, and you know, not. But I don't know. I love that strategy. I love that sort of thing. No visits to the mound unless a pitching change is gonna be made. Ghana, Ghana is going to. <laughs> <laughs> we well, got to play that whole tape one of these days, just for people who haven't heard it. Ghana, Ghana is going to hold my lord. Ghana, Ghana. <laughs> Wow, yeah, the uh, moving the mound back and all, more offense, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I don't know. 
Uh, I, I remember, think also a great change for baseball would be having kids go back in time to where they didn't have Nintendo games to play. <laughs> I think that would help baseball a lot. Yeah, so they knew the game and loved it. Yeah, that's a good point. Speaking of sports, uh, expose of NFL players playing hammered and or baked. No way. We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> Stop shocked, the hammering. Shocked to his core. Plus this story, San Francisco supervisor has his car broken into right outside City Hall as he's inside calling for a hearing on the rampant rise of theft in the city. Can't make this stuff up, tweeted David Sachs. You're absolutely right, David. San Francisco melting down the great progressive utopia. Now, we, on a Friday morning, hour one and four of the show, we do something we call Cow Clips of the Week, where we review all the great news clips and everything we've been playing for you all week. Um, and we're going to do that in hour four. If you, you haven't caught it, it's always entertaining and fun. You can get it via podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, we'll post it a little later on today. Unless you're listening to the podcast right now, then obviously we posted it a little earlier today. But we thought that a person could really get bogged down in that if he let himself. So let's move on. Uh, uh, it was a brilliant idea, really. Uh, we brought back, since this is the one-year anniversary of everybody saying, you know what, they're, they're going to shut down schools next week and the rest of it. What? What are you talking about? The NCAA tournament, huh? We thought we'd play a year ago's cow. Clips of the week. California has officially declared a state of emergency about the coronavirus. It was announced Friday that South by Southwest has been canceled because of the coronavirus. Meanwhile, coronavirus is set to headline Coachella. Wednesday, right? I think so. Hump day. Yeah, yeah, we're getting there. Hopefully we'll have a dry hump day. It's not real. Oh. Let's shut this puppy down. Is the worst yet to come, Dr. Fauci? Yes, it is. I went out today to go grocery shopping, but I didn't make it very far because the front door of my apartment is padlocked shut. The NBA has just announced that the season is going to be suspended uh, for whenever. Like, they don't know. First reaction and thought when you learn that the season's been suspended. This is crazy. This can't be true. I mean, it's not within the realm of possibilities. It's just to it seem more like out of a movie than reality. Now Tom Hanks has just tweeted just moments ago, quoting here, he says, Hello, folks. Rita and I are down here in Australia. We felt a bit tired. We were tested for coronavirus and were found to be positive. Kind of a light-hearted, uh, well, this is crazy, isn't it, attitude about the whole thing, mm-hmm. which I had also. <clears throat> it's led to more than a half a million people dead, a fundamental reordering of the relationship between the government and its people, a complete reordering of the welfare state. Uh, what else? So They uh, think it's cost the United States $6 trillion, the $4 trillion the government spent, and then $2 trillion in lost economic output, $6 trillion cost. I'm going to ask you what you think about this uh, this phrase, and not because I, I want you to tell me how clever you think it is or how cool it is on talk radio. Uh, Jack, you're a student of history. Do you think this is accurate? The closing and keeping closed the schools is the greatest child tragedy in America since polio. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 
And it's perpetrated by the teachers' unions to a large extent, and and left politicians. And it's being done on purpose. Doesn't need to happen by other human beings who are greedy. You yeah. people at the top of teachers' unions are awful human beings. You're among the worst human beings I've ever encountered. It's really yes. amazing. Some of you dropping your own kids off at private school while yeah. you keep the yeah. public ones closed. Exactly. W- which is a perfectly reasonable thing to do. He should be sending his kid yeah. to the private school. Uh, this is something John Kitna, who played quarterback for the uh, the Bengals of Cincinnati for a number of years, uh, was on a podcast the other day. He said that he revealed that an ex-teammate and wide receiver played an entire game hammered drunk. There was a time I played a game with a guy that was drunk in the huddle. Um, uh, that, God, I that was kind he... of his normal, he says. That's interesting. I, I found like hard physical stuff difficult to do drunk. Like I went on, I've been on bike rides. I've played basketball. I've done stuff like that. I didn't find that easy to do. Now I remember we talked to NBA guys one time, or what was a limo driver that yeah. told us the NBA NBA guys play stoned all the time. And then yeah. we had a coworker, I won't mention his name, who played basketball. And they said, "Oh yeah, getting stoned and playing basketball—that's what I do all the time. It's fantastic." So I didn't know that. But I can, so you can play stoned, but I don't know how you'd play drunk. This guy said uh, he still he was drunk and had close to 200 yards receiving, so it was crazy. He he was a drinking man. It was kind of his normal, but he was especially drunk one day. He was probably loose. I mean, it's like playing golf for a lot of us, although I don't do this anymore for reasons of health. If you can be just a little bit drunk, you will be 50% better a golfer than you are sober. I'm just drunk. Uh, uh, let's see. Then the uh, number of NFL uh, receivers talk about doing a shot before the game, and uh, and he also said, "Yeah, there was one teammate of mine that was just baked." Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, ah, Josh, <laughs> Josh Gordon. Josh oh, Gordon yeah. told GQ that in addition to drinking before games, he would also take the biggest bong rip I could. <laughs> I used to love the Grand Marnier. I and like drink it down room? smooth in the locker yeah. room. Yeah, where are they doing it? I don't know, under the stands. And Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.